Well, Dan, just because you saw this body as perfection doesn't make me a cyborg, does it? <laughs> mm-hmm. I couldn't think of a better intro. I apologize. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. uh, we're back. Anime was not a mistake. We took a few days off for mental and physical health. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we return with our magnum opus soon to be, I hope, uh, with the Summer of Cyborg. I am, of course, the FFS and Jonathan Kwiatkowski, here as always with my inevitable co-host, Dan Ryan. Yes, and Summer of Cyborg, Cyborg 009, the Cyber Soldier. Yes. Or is it the Cyber? No, it's the Cyber Soldier. Um, We'll get into the reasons why we picked this, but this is going to be, as we said, our first joint long watch. Yes. If that makes any sense. First wombo combo uh, team up. Mm -hmm. I'll be Lucas, you be Ness. Yes. (laughs) We'll heal heal each other by down being. Yes, it's a try and true tradition. But before we get into the details, um, it's been a long week. We haven't talked in over a week, which, Mm -hmm. you know, my abandonment issues (laughs) did. You didn't even call, you didn't write. I feel like I'm enacting the notebook, but I'm not banging you over the head. <laughs> Dan did not write every day. <laughs> no, no, I didn't yet. <laughs> Do you think we could squeeze the notebook in for an anime watch? <laughs> I think we could probably force that in somewhere. Yeah. I, I mean, we've made bigger stretches, so... Mm. <laughs> Such a sad story. Anyways, uh, any life, anime-adjacent, or uh, news updates to experience this week? <coughs> mm? uh, oh, oh, my God. Mm. <clears throat> The news is just jumping out of there. <clears throat> Allergies. Um, I do not have any huge news mm-hmm. other than the fact that we are on the eve of multiple big things. Uh, it is finally June. Mm. So we have Final Fantasy Intergrade coming up. Um, before next episode's recorded, yes. Yes. Uh, for, in terms of anime, we got Record of Ragnarok mm-hmm. and Godzilla Singular Point. Mm-hmm coming out uh this past week i pre-ordered the long boy godzilla singular point figure dan you said you had no room and that tails half your square your floor i'll find a way where there's a will there's a way i I just see dan bandit picking it up (laughs) (laughs) chucking into the yard he's got his little construction head on he's got he's on it um and i believe some star wars content of the high republic variety which i enjoy even if it doesn't make a splash a lot Mm -hmm. uh we got the loki series coming tomorrow the trailer looked interesting still looking good um i believe a a handful of other movie releases that are escaping me Mm -hmm. but yeah and then of course e3 is 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 rapidly approaching well the only day we care about is the last day being nintendo's but (laughs) i don't think sony's gonna be there or they'll be there present in other conferences but sony's usually the second one I'm sure I'll watch Bethesda and the rest, but uh, Nintendo's after my own heart, and I'm ready for them to break it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the only tease we've gotten is the WarioWare yeah. thing. Would you pay fifty dollars for a WarioWare? Uh, Dan would pay. <laughs> I would like a sign of life from Wario. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. I, I, my personal preference would be a return to the the world or the land yeah. variety. I loved those games. I mean, but... I'd be okay with Wario getting killed off, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, well, <laughs> yeah. the garlic finally got to him. They hold a fan vote. Yeah, let's see how you know Wario dies mm-hmm. by like two votes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but that's democracy. Yep. But um, yeah, I I mean I'm not sure what else we can anticipate. I mean, presumably there'll be Pokemon stuff. Mm. By all indications, we might get more stepped up. You know, graphically previews at the two games that were previously announced mm-hmm. um because despite 
being a ways off, time is moving faster than we perceive it. Yes. Uh, so November will be upon us very quickly, and then January for the next one will be on mm. us very quickly, so... It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Um, similar things, I don't have a lot. At a, a surprise birthday bash that happened to me the week after my birthday, because no one can remember my birthday date, um, I was subjected to watch Cruella. And I went in thinking that it would be, as the internet said, the best Disney live action. And it was, in a way. It's mm -hmm. got some charm, it's got some camp value, but... Man, Disney doesn't think that we can understand a story. Because <laughs> they... No. They lay these breadcrumbs down so you can't miss them, Dan. No. <laughs> it's like yeah. a neon sign pointing. Um, but I I enjoyed it. I would give it like a three out of five. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't, the, it wasn't insufferable. Um, but I don't understand how they shape Cruella up to be a potential murderess of 101 plus Dalmatians and a tiger if we go by the Glenn Close standards, mm -hmm. which I still hold as the best like adaptation of 101 Dalmatians. Um, yeah, I think that portrayal, even if yeah. even if you didn't see that movie, that portrayal is burned into your head because of the yeah. trailers that were on every single Disney VHS mm -hmm. of the era, so yeah. The fashion is here, I mean, Emma Stone and Emma Thompson do a, a fabulous job, even though Emma Stone is just using her accent from Cabaret, yes, some of us saw that production, and <laughs> <laughs> we can recall how you spoke then when you played <laughs> Sally Bowles, but... Who am I to judge, Dad? No one will listen to this anyway. I don't think Ben Brantley's tuning in to be like, yes, I agree. But it was fine. I They messed with the 101 Dalmatians canon, which I didn't know I cared so much about in the first place. Yeah, you don't until someone tampers with it. And then, you know. Yeah. I, uh... And they set it up for a potential sequel. Oh, of course they did. <laughs> so that just left me with more questions, Dad. And the movie felt like it should have ended. It's a two-hour, like... 15 20 minute movie i'm like oh no this doesn't this doesn't have to be this movie could have ended 30 minutes ago like a deep character exploration of, it, it really is and you think it would be like oh jonathan will love cruella she's an evil fashion designer by night and then a like a bookish uh, <laughs> uh revenge seeker by day yeah it, it doesn't make any sense but it was fine <sighs> I don't know. I mean, luckily, I didn't have to pay 30 bucks. <laughs> the rest of the people I was with paid for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was tempted again, but mm. I've already inadvertently, like, bought two Long, of those. Yeah. So I'm not, like, that's At least enough. Luca's gonna be free. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that is comforting. And the Call Me By Your Name sequel has been cancelled. Thank goodness. <laughs> Luca Guadagnino stepped away from the project. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Probably do the Army Hammer um, flesh-eating thing. <laughs> Uh, was that, that too long ago? No, it's not too long ago, but I I enjoyed The Man from Uncle. Like that was that was one of those movies that I would pull out as like this is a this is a good movie that you probably haven't seen. You strike this is me a... more as a Lone Ranger boy. No, Ooh. no. Uh <laughs> no. Um but yeah, The Man from Uncle was was like yeah, it was one of those movies I could just refer like, hey, you might not have seen this. It was kind of a, a sleeper thing, but you know, it was a good old fashioned spy thriller. And now, well, one of the people's a cannibal. So <laughs> I can't recommend that movie anymore. Well, I mean, don't yuck my yum, but also I don't need to know that you're a cannibal. <laughs> no, save that for your home life. Yeah. Like, surprise me, Army Hammer. Um, the other thing that I got, I don't know if I mentioned it last episode. It's been a while, but I did watch the uh, Adventure Time Distant Lands. 
Finn and Jake are dead. Does that ring a bell to you? Did I speak on this already? Uh, well, no, not you didn't go into detail. Okay, on it. so I watched it. Um, the series end conclusively, like it was a good ending, and this expands on that in a good way. Um, every all, all the voice actors are back, so we got like Joe DiMaggio and whoever plays Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was good. It's like they're literally dead, and this is them after they die in the timeline, and it's like a quest to like defeat death, discover life, and get reborn again. Mm-hmm. And it just ends on an open way that's cute and endearing. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Adventure Time got like another another finale again. Yeah. So it's cute that they gave us that. And that's all I have to say, Dan. I really don't have a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, in terms of like. <clears throat> with 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 the past couple of weeks being frantic, the only thing that I I have managed to dabble in is, uh, despite being a a Star Wars fan, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, I have been slow on taking in certain things. Like I finally caught up with the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. uh, which is the most recent animated, you know, week by week thing that they've been adding to. Uh, very good series, and I've finally been going back and I've been watching more of the, the Clone Wars series that is all up on Disney+. Plus. Mm. Um, the I animated was... Clone Wars? Yeah. yeah. Uh, good series. I remember watching it on Cartoon Network back in the day. Because <laughs> there, uh, there was the original Gennady Tartakovsky one mm-hmm. that was like, um, I, I instantly fell in love with because it's got like that anime-esque Samurai Jack mm-hmm. look to it. Very clean, very like. You need to watch you know, Primal on HBO Max. I do need to watch. It's so Primal. good. Um, but it's got dinos in it. You like dinos? I do like dinos. Oh, uh, speaking of Indy Five being filmed, Indy Six. <laughs> that's a good segue. Oh, we'll save that for tangent. <laughs> How long's he got left? <laughs> um, What's he gonna solve? The case of the missing milk of magnesia. <laughs> I, I I have thoughts. I do. If we are legitimately gonna, I, I have don't thoughts. have a tangent. So, um, but you know, I have been you know that and catching up with also the three D Clone Wars, which I had seen. A good portion of, but I had not, like, you know, I just wasn't in that phase when it was premiering properly mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm. So I'm going back and I'm watching it, and I I love it much more than I used to. It's got, like, this, you know, I mean, if anyone's ever seen any stills from it and, and hasn't, well, I mean, it's a very popular show for its, you know, for, for what its it is. Age. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's got, like, this uh, Thunderbirds-type, 3d you know character models to it like all the character models are mm-hmm. very clean in their own way they have like i don't even know how to say it like they like they look like almost action figures going through yeah, the, no. the realm of this story and i like that it's, it's a it's, strong design yeah it, it i remember bur- we have that uh villain chick who's really cool with like the double lightsaber asajj ventress yes yeah love her <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty of there's Mother Talzin, mm-hmm. another uh, someone that you might like. She's a witch. Oh, <laughs> sign me up. Um, you know, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of uh, you know, as as dark as they could get with writing some of the as as the original seasons were airing on Cartoon Network, they they you know they pushed the envelope with what they could do mm-hmm. in a kids show, and then like the seventh season, which uh, aired only on Disney Plus, was given free reign to go a little darker, and it mm. does. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I, I regret waiting this long to sit down and watch it, because it's, I, you know, it, I don't know, in terms of Star Wars stuff, it, it's, it's, it's so good. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. happy you're happy, Dan. And I do like yeah. that I know that Mark Zebro Jr., one of my co-hosts, big fan of that series. Yeah. But he usually has similar thoughts 
along the lines of you when it comes to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So it might be a great melding of minds someday. <laughs> Just at your fingertips. <laughs> the, the, the round table? Yeah. <laughs> While I sit in the corner and I'm like, who wants popcorn? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if this could be a tangent, but Indy, what number are we on? Five. Five. Oh, really? We're doing this? <laughs> yeah. He's old, Dan. He is. He is. Doesn't he seem like a disgruntled enough person to be like, I don't want to do this? Well, he was that way with Han Solo. Okay. Apparently... I've heard that. Yeah, that was the... I mean, we, like, I'll do the fucking scene. You know, like, the regular And he's like, in one scene, he does, like, a backflip and then pieces out yeah and it, it and it and it's like apparently that is the dynamic like he he did not like han solo but he did enjoy playing indie so okay. seemingly they don't have to you know do much convincing to get him to come back yeah. and play and unlike han where they had to probably ship a truck of mm-hmm. money to his house uh, and just so the audience knows the first three favorites of ours Yes. It'll probably be a movie-long watch down the line somewhere. Yeah. We do enjoy those movies. We bonded over those movies, especially my favorite Bong Shing Wong. Anything goes. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, my my personal fave of the three is always going to be Last Crusade. Mm -hmm. That's one of those movies that I can just watch a thousand times and never get tired of Mm -hmm. with Sean Connery and everything, you know. Um, Do I think there needs to be an Indy 5? Not in this way. Because I didn't think Crystal Skull needed to be a thing. No. And that was long ago. Crystal Skull, I was going to, like, the concept of Crystal Skull in and of itself as, like, an elderly Indiana Jones going into, like, the atomic age Mm -hmm. with aliens and intrigue and Russian spies and stuff like that, but they don't take advantage of any of that. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it is... Okay, quite, f- I mean, I don't know how deep we're going to get with this tangent, no, but this is, this is, I, you know, I put too much thought into this stuff, but f- quite famously, after Steven Spielberg did uh, Schindler's List, mm-hmm. he refused to do any kind of fictional portrayal of the Nazis that made them look goofy. Mm-hmm. So, to that extent, in Indy 4, obviously, we had the... the, the Fräulein Elsa Maria or whatever. The, the generic is, yeah. commies instead. Mm-hmm. We had, like, the, the you know, um, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yeah. You know, who is a memorable character, mm-hmm. but they are literally just palette-swapped Nazis for all intents and... Like, they don't do anything mm-hmm. with the Cold War tension. They mm-hmm. don't do anything with the, like, nuclear arms race or the space race or anything like that. No. It, they are just different colored jumpsuits and that's like even even the the whole thing with the alien skull was like we're going to psychically make yeah. everyone a communist you could swap that out we're gonna psychically make everyone a maduka obey. A, yeah a, a magical yeah. girl and and it's you know that felt lacking you know and i i'm assuming it was supposed to be one of those past the torch movies where shia labeouf character yep. would become the new indie yeah but that obviously also not tie into cabaret you know he pinched helen cummings ass while during that and it was an infamous thing uh, yeah it I, all uh, goes back to cabaret revival <laughs> there's the proof in the pudding <laughs> but i don't i don't know i just i feel like you know the indiana jones franchise is should not lose sight of the fact that it is based on cheesy old-timey serials. Yeah, that's what we love about it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Like, and he was old last time, Dan. Yes. I was like, Harrison, we love you, but maybe 
you know, take a step back, honey. <laughs> like, no, yeah. he's great. He's wonderful. He was a fox in his day. He's still foxy for an old man, but like you can tell he doesn't want to be there or in a lot of things he's in recently. Yeah. Like even we have Blade Runner where he was just like, I'm there for a brief moment. But... And, and I enjoyed him. In no, that. I, no, I, I know. I enjoyed him in that the, too. Yeah, it's just it... like, it, Whew, it, I don't know. That's like a too hot a take. I don't want to say like old actors can't act. No. And, and, and even... I look at like Christopher Plummer and, no, and Anthony Hopkins, who was just nominated for the father. Or one for the father. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly not. Yeah. And, and I don't, and that's obviously not the case mm-hmm. because, you know, I would say that even, I, I, I mean, as, as again, a lifelong fan of Star Wars, and I know this is going to be a, a hot take, but mm-hmm. Mark Hamill gives one of his best performances oh, yeah. in Last Jedi. Like, Last Jedi, f- like, forced him to, like, mm-hmm. go Somewhere all I felt Mark with, torn out, tune out. Not Mark, you know, not that Mark, but our Mark. <laughs> And even for what he did in Force Awakens, like Harrison Ford, probably because he knew the character was finally dying, mm-hmm. was, was you know, invested yeah. in it. And it, it was just like... But with Indiana Jones, it just seems like they are... No one wants to let go. Like, like again, if you take advantage of, like, the pulpy, serialized film movies, mm-hmm. you just, like, Indiana Jones has to get the cursed yeah. rubies back from the yeah. Nazis, and, yeah. and then just do that... Where's just, our bed knobs and broomsticks crossover? You know, and it, and it, and it's like cast a a younger guy to play Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. like a new Indiana or Jones, or do like a prequel. They had young Indiana Jones. I know they open yeah. up the Last Crusade like that with young Indy. Like, we'd like to see that too. There's yeah. their stories right there. They have a whole book series, don't they? Yeah, like, yeah. They they got plenty to draw from in terms of that. And like, I know another argument would be like, well, Spielberg wouldn't want. But I, I don't get a sense of how much Spielberg actually does on any of these things anymore. He's like got he, West Side Story coming out, Dan. Y- yes, but that that's not, like, <laughs> yeah. the passion project. Like, mm-hmm. I, you can tell when it's a Spielberg passion yeah. project. If it's yeah. something that he's been trying to get off the ground for decades, then yeah, he'll give it. But things like this and Ready Player One, it's like, okay, I'm thinking Spielberg was there for, like, a mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Filming some live-action stuff, yeah. and then the rest was done by second unit you know mm-hmm. no, and i agree great great and, you know i would want to know that 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 indy 5 has <laughs> care put into it well but. there's no other way they can end this but killing him off right is I, that what you're uh, feeling i'm feeling that i feel that yeah. but i know that would upset i that would that would like oh they're taking down a male role like i like i know it would be construed poorly for all of the wrong possible reasons mm-hmm. you know Again, if you want to do a passing of the torch thing, we're like, yeah. Indy has a, a, a you know, not to Shia, not it'll be, Shia, it'll be his grandson or something, or like, or like even like a like a daughter or a niece or like yeah. a like a protege or something. Oh, I like that. And and you know, do what Indy Four was supposed to do, but make like, it Anya Taylor Joy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> young you, Anya yeah. Taylor Joy. Why Jones. Why not? But you know, it, it would just. But again, it, it's. It depends on how far into the future you want to get. Yeah. Because at a certain point, the pulpy sci-fi setting doesn't make sense anymore. Like, you don't... Like, there weren't any spooky sci-fi things that happened in the 80s or 90s that you you can dive into. Mm-hmm. If you go back in time to the early, you know, turn of the century, then everything <laughs> was like that because no one knew what was... There's yeah. dinosaurs out there. Like, you yeah. know, no one knew no, what yeah, the yeah. hell was going on yeah. with anything. So no. it was like... It's like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, you got the Time Machine, all the spooky sci-fi. Yeah. 
That makes sense. I, I mean, I like the grandiose adventure. Like, my favorite is the one that's, like, dejected the most in the community because it's a musical with the producers, <laughs> the director's girlfriend starring in it. Yeah. But there's something that I love about that. It's, like, so... It feels like a comic book. Yeah. That I want to read. Yeah. Well, even... even I mean, or a I pulp would, romance. And I wouldn't say even that's the... I would say that Crystal Skull is dejected to the extent that people just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... Like, I can watch well, I haven't seen story. it since I viewed it in the theater all those years ago. Really? With my dad, because my dad's a huge fan of Indiana Jones. Hmm. I haven't watched it since, because I remember being whelmed by it, just going, eh. Wasn't as good as I thought it was. Like, I, I just... Like, again, I can watch the first three, mm-hmm. like, a thousand times, but the fourth one, on repeat viewings, just has so many of those, like, you know, mid-2000s, like... Oh, this is gonna be harder than it used to be. Yeah. You know, my hip. And, and then him and Mary and Crane having the you two are fighting like you Mary. Mean, I I like that. That was a good. I mean, I liked how they brought it back to Marion in the end. I'll be a sucker for. Uh oh, Dan just gave me a look up. Oh no, I was just thinking that that's how we would. Be oh well, yeah, yeah. Written, like Dan, they dig us up yeah. to be in a movie like fifty years. Like, well, they wouldn't dig me up. I'd be like on my coke binge, like a movie at last. You always talk too much. Uh, we never finish Saint Say it. Oh, oh, you shut yeah. up. You know, like that would be, and then people would be. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I, I don't know. But I'd get nommed for the Oscar and be snubbed and my career would be over. There were just there were just too many self-aware moments in yeah. Kingdom of the Crystal no. Skull to, for it to feel yeah. true. Yeah, because like, I remember my dad going, do you remember her from the first movie? I'm like, uh, yeah, dad, I remember her from the first movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just like, even, but it's just, again, there was yeah. that stretch in, in like the mid-2000s where everything that came out had to have like this meta tinge to mm-hmm. it. And it's like you got characters like, you're a teacher? Like, part-time. You know, like, yeah. like we yeah. don't, we never need to talk about that. He's just, he's just mm-hmm. a dude who does this, you know, mm-hmm. as like an alternate, like, you don't need yeah. to, you don't need to acknowledge it. Like, just a shout out to that girl with her eyeballs drawn on her eyelids in hot Harrison Ford's class. I always associated with her and I always will. <laughs> and when we get to those movies, she's going to get a shout out then too. There I see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Again, it's it's gonna. I. Uh, you guys want to get behind the mic again? Yeah, this ain't gonna be as easy as it used to. Oh my god! <laughs> it is us. It is us, Dan. <laughs> I'm running a bar in the Alps here. No, the Nepal mountains here, wherever I am at. <laughs> Whatever happened to Grant? Oh, he's yeah. lost in space. <laughs> That'll be resolved in a sequel. We couldn't oh. get him back for this. He's one of the aliens. Yeah. Oh my god, Grant. What are you doing here? Couldn't pay Grant enough to get him yeah. to show this. <laughs> He'll record one voice line. <laughs> I'll do the fucking scene. I don't care. <laughs> oh, but nonetheless, good tangent again, Dan. Yeah. Even though it was unplanned. Yeah. Thank god these weeks keep doling them out to me. Um, but we're here for a reason tonight. It's the reason of the season, or the summer, some may say. Mm -hmm. The summer of Cyborg, 009, the Cyborg Soldier. Uh, Before we begin, why this anime, Dan? Any gut feelings on why we're watching this anime together now? Anything you want to shout out to the fans? Um, Well, we've been talking about this since, like, day one. Yeah. Uh, We've expressed that Cyborg 009 is, like, a all-time favorite, mutual favorite of ours. Um, And up until recently, it wasn't available on (laughs) Mm Blu-ray. Uh, and it finally was put out, and, you know, we, we put this into the planning phase. Um, but no, like, this this was just one of those shows that, 
you know, I remember when it was being advertised on, like, Toonami, mm-hmm. and it felt like an event thing. Yeah. Like, I saw, like, this This looks like nothing else that I am seeing at the moment. Like, this is something I should tune in for. Mm-hmm. And even going back and watching these eps to, like, you know, prepare for the podcast is like, yeah, I remember sitting down... Uh, you know, and being enthralled by this as mm-hmm. it was happening on because mm-hmm. it was it was because every so often Toonami would do they they would do like you know a couple weeks of airing something strange and, yeah. and this was one of those things mm-hmm. um, and it was just yeah you just you saw it and you knew that you were watching something unique mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. so uh, similar reasons for me I remember not actually finishing this series and like bits and pieces of it mm-hmm. but being thoroughly intrigued by it I remember like it starts out as like a, a typical shonen anime mm-hmm. where you got these cyborgs fighting but then like as the series goes on you get a little bit more backstory for each of these main characters and that always enthralled me I'm like oh we're learning about these individual characters in their own episodes yeah and I kind of dig that I love the Tezuka style because it's clearly calling on like Astro Boy in the design mm-hmm. And I, I, I just love it. It's something about that that enamored me. Um, I don't know. It, it, it was just, like you said, an event that we felt that we should watch. Yeah. And I was always upset that I never saw the end. I still haven't seen the end. So yeah. when we get there, I'm going to be just as surprised or whelmed or underwhelmed or overwhelmed. So I I feel like I saw bits and pieces of the end mm-hmm. like I remember years they ago. went like a Greek arc or something like against that. Yeah. And that's like where it ended here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see the rest. But I know that, you know, this because I, I mean, it's probably noted somewhere here. Oh, but, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I got the notes. The, the, the airing schedule was for, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you, I don't think if, if, like, I don't, I don't think I watched the conclusion on TV either. That mm-hmm. was something that I, I saw, and my memory is too vague of it to even, like, that's why I'm looking forward to this rewatch. Mm-hmm. It, it was just one of those things where, you know, for a while, the average viewer wouldn't mm-hmm. even know that it had a, a quote-unquote conclusion. Yeah. Because it was, you know, again, that's the cost of being, like, Mm-hmm. a weird little event series mm. by Toonami standards. And this is a series of like 59 episodes, I think, right? Or somewhere around there. It's like 49, yeah. 59. I can get yeah. the numbers later. The boxes in the other room. But Dan and I are thinking about cutting 10 or so episodes from this watch list, just going mm-hmm. in, but giving you the majority of the series that we deem fit. Yes. If that makes sense. So if your fan favorite gets the cut, please write us in comments and blame Dan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I can't take any criticism, so... It's against my religion. There must be order. <laughs> you can't do that. But I'm excited, nonetheless, to bring you our first joint double feature. I've been taking first bill from Dan for his whole life, so I'll continue to do so by starting with episodes one through four of Cyborg mm-hmm. 009, the cyborg, sir, the cyber soldier. Such a liberation. Uh, anyways, we go to the drawing board and feel free as we continue the stories to uh, the series to add into the drawing board. I have dubbed it Doctor Gilmore's Lab because Doctor Gilmore, he's a character with a yeah, big nose. That yeah, makes sense. Doctor yeah. Light, I guess. I I couldn't think of a name. <laughs> it's Doctor Light. It, yeah. it literally. I I think I had that in my notes for the plot. It's like it's literally Doctor Light. Like, what are we doing here, people? I know, you know, it's the same nose design. Anyways. Um, so Dr. Gilmore's lab, the drawing board presents, I guess he's dubbed up in a lab coat. Maybe he's got like a red, um, you know, cyborg outfit with a yellow flowing cape. Well, yeah, there's definitely a lot of moving bars yeah. and, and other flashing lights and gears and levers and such, you know, mm. things that Grant would understand, but we mm. don't, so. 
Alright, so here we go. Cyborg 009, Japanese uh, Cyborgu 009, is a manga created by Shotaro Ishinomori. Uh, nine people from around the world are kidnapped by the evil black ghost organization led by the tyrannical Skull to undergo experiments that would allow him to use them as human weapons to promote the production of cyborg warfare. While he succeeds in converting the group of nine into cyborgs with superhuman powers, his most reputable scientist, Dr. Isaac Gilmore, helps the cyborgs escape to rebel against Skull and his organization. The nine cyborgs, from which the name of the series is derived, in case you didn't catch it, band together in order to stop black ghost from achieving its goal of starting the next world war by supplying rich buyers with countless weapons of mass destruction after the destruction of black ghost the nine cyborgs go on to fight a variety of threats such as mad scientists supernatural beings and ancient civilizations so action around every corner Uh, the series dots across an eight arc manga including a crossover with eight man a graphic novel four films an ova crossover with devil man three separate anime series along with radio dramas and video games so do you have the the thing that it might be in the common writer universe no i don't do you know something i don't no there was something on the tv tropes page Mm -hmm. that due to some references that are made there's like a small chance that it takes place in, like, the common Rider. Well, you are the keeper of the common Rider keys. You know, so. um, other Toku franchises, because one of the writers was, like, uh, for one of the animes or something, was in common with these. So, it, yeah, so that that's another... It could, could be. Maybe. Could be out there. Perhaps <laughs> if you dream hard enough, Dan. <laughs> Uh, out of common interest and anime passion, we'll be focusing on the 2001 Japan Vistex series directed by Jun Kawagoe, who also did Loop in the Third Operation, Return the Treasure, Transformers Energon, Cyborg 009 vs. Devilman, and many, many more. Mm-hmm. Uh, produced by Taka Nakasawa and Takeyuki Nakasawa. Written by Kenichi Oashi and Tomoku Konparu. Music by Tetsuo, Tetsuya Komoru. Uh, Studio Japan Vistec is the studio that produced it, licensed by Discotech Media, Original Network, TV Tokyo, Animex, and Cartoon Network in the general regions of the world. Original run was from October 14, 2001 to October 13, 2002, so less than a year. It's, yeah. yeah. We didn't get everything, but it was there. And there are 51 episodes. I don't know where I got 69. Well... 59. I know where I got 69. Freudian. Um, so episodes 51 are the number of episodes, and it's going to go through the entire series using our judgment to skip episodes, but otherwise intact nonetheless, as I said. So the English dub, which we will be watching out of nostalgia, I assume, right, mm-hmm. um, isn't seen as the best as it dumbs down the series, censors some blood and violence, but I feel it holds a place in both of our anime upbringing hearts. Um, couldn't wait to watch the newest episodes as a kid. Mm-hmm. That I couldn't, Dan. I imagine you were there, too, on the edge of your seat. Yeah. yeah. Close the door so Mom and Dad can come in. <laughs> and watch the privacy. What are those robots? Yeah. <laughs> what are you watching over here? They're not even moving their mounts the right way. Why is there a baby? <laughs> oh, my God. According to the Cyborg 009 wiki, where most of this information is from, uh, due to the dub's non-union status, only the actors for 001 through 009 and Gilmore were ever credited, and some actors were credited under pseudonyms at the time. So, Dan, a pseudonym is a fake name. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> well, I know from Pseudo-Wudo that, yeah. that root words. So. <laughs> 
Any further voice actor information comes from actors' resumes or other outside sources. So 009, Joshua Seth, and David Umanowski, uh, episodes 5 and 9. Seth had initially planned to retire in 2003, but was brought on to voice the title character in Cyborg 009, The Cyborg Soldier, after higher-ups at Sony Pictures fired the previous actor, Derek Stephen Prince, due to his nasally vocal performance not working out. Seth managed to redub 10 of the 12 episodes that Prince had voiced in, although episodes 5 and 9 were not gotten to in time, and voiced 009 for the rest of the production. So they're both in there? Is I... the I'm hard to tell. I haven't. I mean, I haven't covered those episodes yeah, yet, but we yeah. will surely keep an ear out. Won't yeah, we? yeah, yeah. I will. I will look at that. Um, however, Prince was still utilized for other minor roles in the dub, most notably as Doctor Gaia and Shinichi Ibaraki. Uh, as his name also appeared mistakenly credited to 005 in the dub. It is also theorized that he had been cast as the character at yet another point, but was placed by Bo Billingsley. Uh, these are the pseudonyms that were under the names. Most of them don't match up. I guess the actors, like, I think it was a licensing thing that they couldn't put their real names or maybe they didn't want to know by this. Yeah. But 001, known as Bob Marks, credited as Robert Klein in later episodes. 002, Sparky Allen. 003, Midge Mays. 004, Jim Taggart. 005, John Daniels, role mistakenly credited to David Umanowski. Uh, 006, Steve Kramer. 007, Michael Sorich. Richard Hayworth, younger self in London Fogs. 008, simply Mario. <laughs> uh, Professor Gilmore, Cy Prescott, Scarl, Black Ghost, uh, Richard George, uncredited, and the U.S. English dub was done by Sony Pictures. Point 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 three sixty two thousand three to two thousand four. Uh, this adaptation has the distinction of being the second anime television series of the franchise to be broadcast in the U.S. and the first to be dubbed into English. It was broadcast on Cartoon Network through 2003 to 2004, with the first season airing on Toonami. However, the dub never managed to air in its entirety on the network, as although all the episodes had been dubbed, Toonami had only acquired the first 26 episodes for broadcast on their block. So, we're going to be left with some well, stories to tell. That's, and that's a, that's, a, it, it's, it's a recurring thing, because that was SD Gundam's yes. thing, too. Yeah. I never, I never would have known that the second half of that series Existed. was dubbed, yeah. if, because it aired I still in, haven't seen, you know, I thought that's the end. <laughs> no, it, it keeps going. The well, big, zero, the Sky Knight needs to come out of retirement. But no, they go back to all their home dimensions, and mm. there's a whole thing. We'll, mm. we'll get there. A year before its release, a visual development trailer depicting some preliminary concepts for the new show was screened at the Shotaro. Ishinomori Memorial Museum. While the characters were still designed by Nayuki Kono, there were a few differences in their looks. Most notably, 008 had his controversial blackface appearance from the manga. Uh, the trailer was narrated by Keiichi Noda and showed various scenes adapted from Birth, Assassins, Mythos, and Yomi, the arcs of the manga, along with a sequence of the team fighting cyborg men in desert animated to specifically showcase their abilities. The visual development trailer is available on a DVD for those who brought the entire collection of Kodakawa's Shotaro Ishinomori complete works. Uh, the latter half of the show ran through 2004 in a late night slot at 1.30 a.m. Perfect slot, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> with Cartoon Network abruptly cutting the series off at episode 47. However, the recap episode, The Yomi Group, and episode 48 aired overseas, overseas in Australia and the UK, as did the English dub of the God's War OVA arc, as those three episodes were dubbed as part of the series package. The dub was also edited for time and some content, and some episodes, such as 48, took significant liberties with the script. These content edits and script changes also cropped up or popped up in foreign dubs that based their scripts off the English adaptation. 
The early episodes initially ran in a less edited format on Toonami, but were later censored for reruns after complaints, as well as Cartoon Network Standards and Practices Department realizing that certain objectionable language had slipped by for the TVY7 rating. The offending lines, which we will get to tonight, uh, were either simply muted or muted and later redubbed by Sony, i.e. in The Assassin of Flash, Episode 4, or Episode 3, sorry, originally having... Uh, 0010 referred to himself as 00 Cyborgs as the brother from hell. My god, think of the children, Dan! <laughs> uh, which was initially muted in layer airing- airings before being redubbed with Brother Gone Bad. Which adds alliteration, so. <laughs> uh, the editing increased for later episodes, uh, particularly the Yomi arc, which encountered various cuts to remove on screen violence and death. As of 2015, the license has reverted to AVEX mode, and Ishimori Productions has frozen the rights for the anime along with that of the manga due to cultural differences as explained by Funimation representatives, making it unlikely for another company to relicense the series at this time. Though it is unlikely, can you tell this Wikipedia article is from a little while ago? Mm-hmm. Though it is unlikely the series will ever re-air on Cartoon Network due to the rights issues and the show doing poorly in ratings the first time around, it is said that Cartoon Network does keep copies of all their programming in the archives, uh, leading to to the possibility that the entire zero, Cyborg 009 dub unaired episodes included lies there, unable to be released due to the extenuating circumstances, but nevertheless saved in some format. It is uncertain if this may be the case for Cartoon Network Australia, which had actually aired the episodes the USA broadcaster hadn't. And luckily, since we do yes. have these now, mm-hmm. we, this is not, we don't have to worry about this being lost media yes. anymore. Because usually, if, if they gotta mention, like, the studio... Or, or the the network holding something that it's ninety percent of the time lost media because mm-hmm. uh, it's in the vault that it's not coming out of. But thankfully, yeah. that was averted for this. Yes, so. recently updated, according to Dan, Disotech <laughs> Media released the full series on DVD slash Blu-ray on June twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. So not that long ago. Nonetheless, Dan and I needed it. Uncut, dubbed, and unaired episodes aplenty. Info is very oddly difficult to find on this series still to this day. I searched for a long time and could not come up with much, Dan, but fans of the series seem to be seem to be genuinely into what is offered, and it is well received by many mentioning the long wait and nostalgia as contributing factors to that. Yeah. What what, what in terms of buying the, the Yeah, movie? just yeah. like, you yeah. know, I'm happy to see this has a release again. Yeah, I would hope that I mean, aside from when we physical media shill anything, I would hope that you know, you want to make sure that all of this stuff is watchable in some form. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the core thing at the end. Even if it's on a streaming service, if it's on a disc, whatever, just, you know, don't let it lapse into, like, the, the dustbin. So, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. with that, Dan, any final thoughts before we start our Summer of Cyborg? I, I I think that this is this is a this is a big thing for our podcast. Mm. This this is like this is something we've been building towards for a while. Um Again, it, it, it is just one. I think it's a it's a very formative anime for the both of us. So mm. I agree with those statements. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know, we've been you know something's been missing from the equation up until you know we we, we were finally covering something that we've promised to cover. So mm-hmm. it it is. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm just incredibly hyped to get through and cover this series with you, of course. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Me, little old me. Yeah. Uh, same reasons, like I said, a fundamental tentpole in our anime upbringing um, that cannot be overlooked. It is a big deal that we're both covering a series for the first time together on the yeah. stage again. But uh, with that, Dan, why don't we make our audience bigger, stronger, faster? <laughs> 
I'll flip the molar switch and get right on that. Mm, good thing I didn't make that reference because I was thinking of that as well. <laughs> See you after the break, audience. <laughs> That's when I started on the West End. <laughs> That's the Broadway equivalent to London, huh? That's a deep theater reference for all of the fans out there. So. I don't know, but welcome back to the Summer of Cyborg. Dan and I have just watched episodes one through four of Cyborg 009, The Cyber Soldier. Yes. And any initial thoughts? Dan! Cyborg 00 Dan! <laughs> well, uh... Well, okay, as as uh, you frequently pointed out as we were watching them, mm. these couple episodes, especially the first one, have, like, this cinematic quality yeah. to them. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's I, that's happened in a few animes that we've watched. Like, it's, you know, the budget certainly does get put into the... Fr- you know, not, not that the series ever dips, necessarily, but mm-hmm. we can definitely see a lot more dynamic, like, fluid camera work and stuff like that in terms yeah. of how everything plays out. Uh, especially the opening scene. I think even when I was doing a rewatch, I messaged you yeah. for like that opening scene where zero zero nine wakes up in the lab, mm-hmm. and there's like a a movie quality yeah. to it. Well, after so. these first few episodes, I remember messaging you like, "Oh, this series flows like butter." Dan. Yeah, it yeah, it's good. Like these first two episodes, I was like, "Oh, this could be a movie," and people would be yeah. into it. I mean, it feel it feels that like it feels like I mean even. I mean, mostly coming off the frame of reference of things like Pokemon and Digimon, it feels animated on the same tier as, like, an anime movie would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, you know, effectively, because that, that ropes you in, so. Yeah, no, thoroughly enjoyed these first four. I think that some plot lines should have occurred later in the series, but as I said when watching with Dan, I don't remember exactly how the series plays out in the mm-hmm. long run of things, so I'm happy to see where it goes. Yeah. Like, these first four are strong. Back to back to back to back. Yeah. Um, so shall we get into episode 001? Mm-hmm. All right. Episode 001, The Birth. Did you notice my, in my numbering there, Dan? How it's called 001? I did. 001? I did. <laughs> like, all right. Well, <laughs> um, opening DNA being rewritten, the big bang explosion. And we hear wake up from a baby's voice somewhere in the distance. Yeah. Uh, a voice speaks to our protagonist, who is Joe Shinomura. Uh, the scientists freak out as the cyborg has awoken without warning. A sinister skull man projection commands the scientists to unleash some knockout gas. Our big bad? Hmm? Perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Joe finds himself wearing a red uniform. Suddenly all the doors are locked shut and the open ceiling starts to close in. The voice tells Joe to jump. Joe obeys and jumps to a superhuman height. Does so to safety. And he comments... I wasn't this athletic before. I wasn't this athletic before. Yeah, Yeah, you gotta do it like Ty. (laughs) A lot of Digimon actors present in these few episodes. Yeah, no. Even though they're... Because I forgot to even discuss that when we were opening this. Mm. But 
there are a lot of recognizable voices in, throughout this whole thing. Will yeah. next summer be the summer of Digimon? Uh, well, we can only hope. Mm. We can pray. Um, but, you, I, you know, you can recognize a lot of them. I mean, you alone pointed out, like, Jedi mm-hmm. is, is, you know... Uh, uh, Dr. Gilmore. No, the other old man. Oh, Dr. Miyazaki man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he uh, he's Jedi, but... Even the rest of the main, like, you can all hear them as incidental voices in a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like 003 is in a lot of stuff, too. Mm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you can, you can, but Joe is Ty, yeah. so. <laughs> Shortly after, Joe is confronted by a group of giant robots short- shooting at him. Joe, he is held against the wall by another robot. Joe unconsciously uses superhuman strength to crush the robot's hand and throw said robot to the ground. He then punches a second robot, causing it to explode, and makes quick work of the rest of the robots until they are destroyed. I do like how these robots exhibit human emotions before they die, like, oh no! Yeah. Oh my! Well, and just in general, this scene is one of those good things about, like, the animated medium. Like, this is showing, not telling. Yes. Like, Joe figuring out that he has superhumans. Because we see what a punch from one of these robots can do. Mm-hmm. And then we, as the audience, figure out along with Joe, like, he's smashing it like it's just, you know, yeah. plastic or mm-hmm. something. So mm-hmm. Joe yeah. says, I guess I'm strong now. Unable to process what he has done, Joe stares at his hand and demands answers to his situation. The voice in his head reveals that Joe has the power. He has the touch. He has the power. <laughs> uh, to Joe's immense confusion, the voice also introduces himself as 001 slash Ivan Whiskey. Why you would name a baby Ivan Whiskey? I don't know. Well, Whiskey is the surname. It's of the Whiskey family. So. <laughs> and if anyone could be the Whiskey surname, it's me. <laughs> Uh, but Ivan Whiskey has psychic powers, telepathy, uh, teleportation, and telekinesis. Uh, I put down good name, and he has been mentally communicating with Joe through tele- uh, telepathy. <laughs> Sorry, I can't read that word. Uh, under the psychic guidance of Ivan, Joe escapes the area and travels through a vent, only to end up falling into a rocket shaft. How is this base set up, I put down? Yeah. Because yeah. you fall into a rocket shaft, <laughs> like... Yeah, but again, it serves to the audience that, oh, he can survive fire, too. Mm. So he's, you know. Well, and we also get that he can survive bullets. Yeah. Yeah. After an explosion, Joe finds himself outside in a rocky island. Suddenly, he hears radio communication coming from a large group of approaching tanks. Joe thinks it's telepathy. Oh my god, why can't I say? Telepathy. Telepathy again. Uh, uh, but Ivan explains that Joe has an unstable internal radio receiver in his ears and sarcastically comments that he's very popular. <laughs> mm. uh, one tank fires a mortar shell at Joe, but he survives the attack and retaliates by destroying the tanks. Uh, Joe finds soldiers coming out of it while covered in flames and reacts in horror. He doesn't want to kill any of his fellow men, and he tries to deal with them peacefully, Dan. Yes. Um, another soldier tries to confront him, but flees in terror. The tank Joe is standing on suddenly explodes, and he finds other soldiers standing on a nearby cliff, holding firearms and other weaponry. They're shooting at their own men, exclaims Joe. Yeah, and we got that contrast building up as to what the cyborgs are willing to do and what Black Ghost is willing to do to mm-hmm. its own people, yeah. so... Uh, Joe tries to flee, but is on a cliff overlooking the sea. This triggers a flashback where Joe, in a former life, was confronted by police concerning a crime that Joe had committed. Um, And it's very much the Jonathan backstory. It's like, I didn't kill the priest, he raised me! I tried to save him for the burning building, I did! 
Well, yeah, I, it gets it gets filled in. Uh, like Joe came across his adopted father priest, priest. With, a, with a with a knife in his chest, mm-hmm. and the firefighters who arrive on the at the burning church, uh, you know, see Joe there with the knife, and they're you know, yeah, he's Ethan Winters arrested, then falls out of the van. <laughs> so I did put down like if the police stumbled on, they'd be like a short Joe. You yeah. didn't kill him, yeah. right? And the place is burning down. To escape the police, Joe was forced to jump into the sea, which he also does in the present to escape his soldiers' enemy fire. And this is very, like, cinematic. Mm-hmm. We get the parallels here of him recalling that and then jumping into the same water from the cliffside. Yeah, the soldiers fade into cops and then fade back. Yeah. So. Uh, Joe finds he can breathe underwater as soon as he dives into the sea. He is bitten and dragged by a mechanical shark. Uh, Joe hits it in the eye, which makes it let go, but he discovered that it's it too is a robot mm-hmm. from Dr. Eggman or whoever. Um, Dr. Wily, Robotnik much, I put out in my notes, Dan. Maybe? Well, it's the same. They got robot everything. So. Yeah. So. Uh, just as the robot shark is about to bite him again, it is destroyed, and Joe sees a shadowy figure swimming not too far away. He later washes up on a rock, wondering what is happening to him. Ivan explains that if he gave Joe a lengthy explanation, it would only confuse him further. The voice infirms him to seek out for the answers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how I would deal in this situation. It's very, like, um, young adult protagonist here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, as Joe is climbing the edge of a cliff, he is attacked and shot by warplanes, causing him to fall down. Joe demands to know why Ivan's instructions keep leading him to enemies. Ivan explains that he purposely guided him this way because he is curious to see what Joe can do. With his capabilities. And this whole thing is a good, you know, of all the ways that, like, a pilot episode, can, or not a pilot, but, like, a first episode can get into getting this kind of information to the audience, this mm. is, you know, this is an entertaining way to do it. Yeah. We're testing your abilities, so, yeah. Uh, furious, Joe vows to find Ivan and punch his lights out for manipulating him. You might not want to do that You might not want to me. Uh, it's like Dan seeing me. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> punch such a beautiful visage. <laughs> Uh, suddenly the warplanes come back and they shoot at Joe again. Ivan quickly orders Joe to press a switch located in one of his back teeth. Joe obeys and suddenly everything around him is in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Mm. Clock stoppers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Future watch on anime was not a mistake. Uh, Ivan explains that Joe possesses an accelerator, 009 super speed powers when its switch is pressed. Uh, the person possessing the accelerator moves so fast that everything around him slows down significantly. Uh, panicking, Joe begs Ivan to put things back to normal when the accelerator deactivates and he is hit by a warplane and taken to a high altitude. Now airborne, Joe tells the pilot to put him down, but he finds no one in the cockpit. The two warplanes crash into each other in an attempt to take out Joe, but he also survives that and falls down until he's caught by something. This something being, uh, Joe is discovering that he's falling and panics, only to hear someone's voice telling him to relax. Joe finds that he is being carried by a person named Jet Link. Who calls himself 002. Yes. And we should note that they, they're mostly only called by their numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I refer to them as their numbers unless otherwise dictated. Yeah, we, because we, it's a very, it's like a bonding experience when they finally share mm-hmm. their names. I yeah. mean, we know it with hindsight that that's who they are but i think they only give out the numbers for now yeah um the high speed flight powers and pilot capabilities can fly at mach 5 and possesses a similar uniform as joe's that is jet link's power Mm -hmm. 002 he's not as fast (laughs) and i describe him as old swordfish swordfish nose and spiky hair because he's got a nose that had taken eye out yeah (laughs) and 
I, in one of the one of the reboots that they did, they significantly decreased his nose size, and there was outrage. <laughs> Should we talk about him and how he's like the deuteragonist? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, he's he's the Lancer. He's the that's what he's supposed to be. But he doesn't feel like that to me. No, he doesn't. He 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 doesn't. He's not like um. He doesn't have like enough aggressive Vegeta moments yeah. so far to make him seem like that because he has like the obvious inferiority complex thing where it's like, mm-hmm. well, it looks like zero zero nine's a little faster than you, huh? Too, you know, yeah. and then you know, and then zero zero nine or. Zero zero two will, you know, try to grimace about that, yeah. it. But then there's other moments where two is like, you know, we got to do something. Joe tried to help, like, you know, supportive <laughs> team building things mm-hmm. that a lancer wouldn't usually do. Yeah. But I think it's just generally, they're both former street toughs, but Joe is like more of an Had optimist. The religious upbringing. Yeah, he's, <laughs> you know, he's, I like more conventional mm. hero. To a fault, sometimes, and then Jet is, like, the more cynical one. Yeah. Even though they're not, like, neither of them are bad people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it's not the usual, like, good guy asshole dynamic. It's, it's, like, two variants of street tough. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's com- interesting. Good commentary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm glad you feel the same way as me, but. Because, I mean, it, it's. He's clearly there as a foil for Joe. Though. Yeah. yeah. And, and as we keep discussing, you know. Four potentially makes a for a better yeah. Lancer. Like there's, oh, we'll get there. There's other characters that 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 might share that role, but I think universally Jet is known as this series like second in command, dude. Mm-hmm. So uh, while there, Joe spots a baby among their group being carried by one Francois Arnaud, aka Zero Zero Three, with super sight and super hearing, and realizes that. Excuse my notes. Ivan is the mysterious 001. Ivan confirms it and asks if Joe still wanted to punch his lights out. You wouldn't hit a baby, would you, Dan? He's got the little Cohen Mabinky guns. Unless it was Baby New Year <laughs> yeah. coming this year. For <laughs> anime was done a mistake Christmas special. Uh, suddenly, Francois slash 003 detects incoming enemies from beh- behind the mountains. Using her enhanced hearing capabilities and x-ray vision, she finds a large squadron of robot soldiers advancing their way using 003's precise coordinates albert um enrique yeah it'd be hot yeah like Enric. heinrich uh, you know things better than i do i would assume it'd be like heinrich mm, yeah i'm a sucker for language dan you know me but 004 our true protagonist uh, who is a full body weapon launches a preemptive strike against the soldiers by firing rockets from missile launchers installed in his knees decimating them <laughs> the bad knees <laughs> so dan 004 um surprisingly to us he's a fan favorite among both of us yeah i think he could have been the protagonist of this and just carried the series just fine I think he could have too, like because I, he has yeah. the backstory from like the plot where they were the original created to. Yeah, L- like mm. I well okay um we gotta that comes up later yeah but I mean but like that was something that was changed for this anime mm. to make it set in like the two thousands or whatever okay uh, for anyone who doesn't they made it so that the you know, to make it line up with the timeline of the original manga, they made the first four cyborgs, like, the first gen, Mm. and then they were cryogenically put in Disney freeze until uh, the technology caught up. Mm. Um, So, yeah, so, like, the time skip makes more sense. But no, I, I... 
I, I just I, yeah. like his design. It's like average enough to work, but still cool enough to sell. Yeah. And his personality is, he, he has the most, like, I don't know, he, he has, like, a very protagonist-ish yeah. arc. Yeah. And backs, like, about not failing people. and But I, I think it just comes down to, like, the, the because tro- I don't want to keep quoting TV tropes too heavily, <laughs> but, like, the whole rookie Red Ranger thing, mm-hmm. like, the, the new guy comes in who's a more conventional shonen pro that's not the that's not the badmouth joe yeah i love joe no, we know where i'm his perfect hair <laughs> so, you know yeah. from any angle that hair is perfect <laughs> um but you know he's i i think it's just a thing where the pro tag has to be the more relatable one mm-hmm. in so far as he's new to everything so yeah uh, however, the robots are followed by tanks, manned by human soldiers, commanded by Skull to eliminate Joe and his group. The tanks fire at the Zero Zero Cybergs, but... Uh, cybergs? Goosebumps. <laughs> oh, I've been drinking. I've been drinking. But they all employ their blaster guns and destroy the various mortar rounds. When more come, Ivan erects a psychokinetic barrier to deflect enemy fire. While the Zero Zero Cyborgs launch a retaliatory attack... Ivan explains to Joe their names and the various abilities of each 00 cyborg that they possess. Um, good quick breakdown. Sure, we would get more nuance as the, as the episodes progress. That's what I put down in my initial read-through. Yeah. I think we get like a, a deep dive on each of these in mm-hmm. a future episode or two. One in particular, um, sorry if I butcher this name, Punuma? Pianuma? I think it's just Pun- Punma. Punma? Yeah. Uh, designated 008 can breathe underwater and combat specialist. Um, and speaking on 008, I think he gets the short end of the stick, but I like him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, he, again, like, we, like, the water guy always gets shafted. It's like the Aquaman. Yeah. How often does Aquaman come in handy? But I think it's like, I think that they've... As the different adaptations have progressed, they've made him... Like, a combat I, specialist more, you think? Well, yeah, I mean, he's a combat specialist anyway, and I feel like if we ever got a live-action adaptation of this, his military background mm-hmm. would come more yeah. into play than, yeah. than, like, you know... Like a strategy op or whatever. Yeah, that's what I assume would... You know, if they had to condense the, the, the like, a plot with all nine of these characters mm-hmm. in one thing, then, then that would be his shtick. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like they've given him other things to do in, in recent adaptations. Like, not full-on hydrokinesis, but something similar to mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, it's it's the same thing with Thunderbirds. <laughs> like, this series is very Sense8, Dan. Have you ever seen Sense8? I have not yet, no. Well, you, should, you would like it. Like, it's very this and Lost combined. Yeah. And well, I know you like those two shows. Yeah. You recommended that to me many moons ago. I think we I... should give it a watch. It's been over for a couple years now. But... So I'm just in time. And it's the the Vakowski brothers. Yeah, mm. yeah. Again, I'm always I'm always up on the trends. <laughs> yeah. Um. But oh my god, you're gonna have to correct me every time. Is it Pinuma? Yeah, I think I think it's Pinuma. Pinuma. Yeah. Uh, catches Joe attention and remembers. Puma as the one who saved him when Joe was attacked underwater. Um, we then get introduced to Geronimo Jr. 005, who has super strength and armored skin. Also like him. Um, I think he needs more to do. Yeah. I just like him. I, I mean, he's strong and silent, too. He's giving me, like, one flew over the cuckoo's nets vibes. I know you probably haven't seen that movie. No, I've, yeah. Nurse Ratched. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. Right? Well, yeah. And then in, 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 in silhouette, he looks a lot like Gigantor, mm. too. Which I'm sure is all intentional. Yeah. Um, and again, like, I like again, like, as the years have gone on and these have gotten other adaptations, he's gotten, like, 
Like, I think in, in more recent series, they've given him more, like, an earthy, like, yeah, connection to, yeah. to things. Like, not, not full-on, maybe, telekin like, psychokinesis, whatever, mm -hmm. but, like, But, like, a connection a... with, like, the living world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that in one of the remakes, they also made it so that his markings are, like, the Kyogre lines instead mm -hmm. of just permanent things on his face. Mm -hmm. Um... But to each their own as to whatever design people... I mean, I think all of these, the original designs are iconic, yeah. so... It's something I liked in this dub is that he can lift as much as a thousand people instead of men. That was yeah. good. And he's uh, strong as tempered steel. And then they refer to each other as brothers and sister. <laughs> Um, after the battle is over, Ivan, re Ivan reads Joe's mind concerning their methods used against their enemies and explains that the Zero Zero cyborgs try to use restraint when they use their abilities. I like that. They're not yeah. trying to kill people outright. Uh, we aren't war machines. Despite being Zero Zero cyborgs, they still are all human at heart. We don't mindlessly kill people. Francois pleads for Joe to trust the Zero Zero cyborgs, claiming that they are his friends. Suddenly, she detects the presence of a new enemy, an army of flying saucer drones installed with a stinger that injects paralyzing fluid. The drones attach to the Zero Zero cyborgs' faces... Uh, incapacitating them, but when one targets Francois, Joe uses his accelerator to destroy the drones and save the Zero Zero cyborgs. This is a trope that appears throughout the episodes that I forgot. It's like, Zero Zero Three and Baby in trouble? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me save them instead. Yeah, and, well, yeah, because I, I think, I think eventually Joe gets, gets called out on some of that. Mm. Like, not, not in the capacity of saving specifically them, but I think like zero zero two eventually is like you don't need to baby all of us mm -hmm. like you know mm -hmm. we're also cyborgs you don't need to like save everyone yeah. to, to you know every time yeah so again there's 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 rumblings of something yeah. but joe was able to use the super speed to defeat them uh the display of power causes everyone to look at joe and all further along uh soon more saucer drones fly in and they merge to create a one-eyed metallic monster a one-eyed monster damn <laughs> i could show you one of those right now but the children are listening well i was gonna make a skyward sword boss joke but I, oh, yeah, what's his fucking yours name? was dirtier I so it was well, uh, all of they all did that. There were a ton the of one things on the in, ship that with the multi eyes. Well, Tentalis, the Tentalis. the monster, the monsters Inc. girlfriend. Who's <laughs> in the yeah, yeah Sylvia from Monsters Inc. Yeah, but they <laughs> Jennifer but a, Tilly. A lot of the Skyward Sword you gotta well, follow the eye, then floop. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, it's one of those. The monster fires lasers at the zero zero cyborgs and uses its tentacles to grab them. All sends Joe, Ivan, and Francois. Albert hands Joe his blaster. That's zero zero four, by the way. But when Joe uses it to attack the monster, it briefly separates all its parts before coming together. Get on the Hydra's back slash shoot the Wii point for massive damage, <laughs> says Ivan. Um, Joe also automatically knows how to use blasters. I guess that's in his cyborg programming, mm -hmm. right? Right. Well, yeah, we do get they can they can use a lot of weapons and they can pilot things too. Yeah. So. Uh, Ivan and Francois reveal that the monster's weak point is in its heart, located in its fourth component. When Joe shoots at the monster and it comes apart, Joe takes the chance to shoot at its heart, destroying the monster permanently. This releases the Zero Zero cyborgs who are captive, and they all stare at Joe once again astounded by his fighting power. Ivan explains that Joe is the result of years of experimentation on the Zero Zero cyborgs, incorporating advanced technology into his design. Um, I do like how it's like an iPod comes out and they upgrade it every time. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and it's, again, that's probably another 
reason for why he's got to be the protag mm-hmm. and an older one can't be because by anime he's laws he's yeah he, yeah he has the most potential to yeah. unlock uh sometime later the zero zero cyborgs travel through an underground cave and find a door in the ceiling knowing that direct force will alert the enemy great britain a la zero zero seven shape-shifting can change into anything when belly button is pressed uses his powers to transform into a mouse and then open the door without activating alarms. And I'm convinced 007 has the most OP powers that never get to use. Yeah, he's got, like, like hammer space cartoon powers. <laughs> yeah, well, no, in the beginning he transforms into, like, a, a marsupial, marsupial with a bomb in its pouch. Yeah. Like, yeah. can he just make bombs at will? Oh, we don't, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's just for that visual gag, but seemingly he can do that, yeah. so... Uh, while running through a factory, the Zero Zero cyborgs notice that no one has come after them yet. With Francoise's help, they locate a hangar where they see a military cargo plane they can use to escape, but suddenly all the doors close, trapping them inside. Zero Zero Five, G Jr., or Geronimo Jr., uh, tries to punch his way out of with his bare hands, but the doors are too thick. Zero Zero Eight, oh my god. Punma? Punma, that's your job, Dan, tries to blast it open. But the blasters fire ricochets and nearly hits the 00 cyborgs. Chang Chengku, 006, who has high intensity flames slash is the cook of the group, mm-hmm. uh, tries to black, uh, get through. Nicknamed the Mole, can shoot 3,000 degree flames and tries to burn down the door with his flame breath. But he only manages in creating a slight char. And that's that's another thing because I wanted to I wanted mm. to mention uh, like why he's nicknamed the Mole with the fire. Like there's mm-hmm. some kind of and I apologize dearly for never actually researching this. I just but, think of Atlantis. But He's there, the mole. But there's, like, a thing, I think, in, in how the word mole is, like, Mogera is spelled in mm. Japanese that shares a character with dragon mm. because they do this pun a lot. Mm. Like, in Pokemon, Iris had the yes. Excadrill. Yes. In, uh, in Dragon Ball Z, like, that... Shenron was a like there was a mole mm-hmm. Shenron like mm-hmm. it there's I think been multiple kaiju who play on yeah, the, I was gonna say like it seems like a very Godzilla thing like the mole kite like there is like because it's like a shared character so it 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 sounds there, it's same. some kind of pun mm-hmm. it's like so that that is why he's you know the mole and not the dragon I'm assuming mm-hmm. so yeah um suddenly the ceiling lights up and reveals several scientists standing pantsless above them Right? Yeah. yeah. No pants. <laughs> Join the view. <laughs> yeah, I like what you see. Uh, but it's a transparent floor above the Zero Zero Cyborgs. What a bad guy move. The scientists explain that each of the Zero Zero Cyborgs' weaknesses have been programmed into the security system and speak to them as if they are objects of or weapons with no free will at all. Uh, the Zero Zero Cyborgs are angered by the way they have been treated by the scientists and berate them for their actions. Joe sees one particular scientist, Dr. Gilmore, who I put down real Tezuka Big Nose Energy. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> because that's what I think whenever I see him on screen, and I know it's a tribute or something, but that's Dr. Light right there. That's a that's big Astro Boy Big Nose yeah, Energy. it's gotta be. Yeah. I, I love I, a nose, Dan. You know how I love a nose. <laughs> You know it. The nose knows. And recognizes him as the man who was there when the scientists experimented on him. This triggers flashbacks of enduring experiments that turn Joe into a Zero Zero Cyborg. Ivan explains that all of the Zero Zero Cyborgs were once human, but they were randomly kidnapped by an organization called Black Ghost and turned into human weapons. To their luck, the Zero Zero Cyborgs are saved by Zero Zero Seven, Great Britain, who has disguised himself as one of the scientists. 
Dr. Gilmore tries to attack Britain from behind, but the shape-shifting 00 cyborg threatens to shoot him if his fellow 00 cyborgs aren't released. Once the 00 cyborgs are free, my god, they take Dr. Gilmore as their hostage in order to gain possession of the cargo plane. The Bane plane, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Gilmore gets the human soldiers to back down by warning them that the 00 cyborgs have knowledge of their base self-destruction code. And he is the only one that can abort the code again. Sure, Jan. Is I, this... I gotta put on our introspective pants mm-hmm. here. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason why the... Why don't, you know, just shoot your own men to... Is because these scientist dudes are, as far like, as far as we can tell, a very big asset to the Black Ghost organization. Like, he... The organization gathered this meeting of the minds mm-hmm. to, like, revolutionize technology, so presumably the whole, like, kill our own men to get to the enemy thing doesn't apply to valuable folks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Joe, unsure what to do at this point, hesitates to go with his fellow Zero Zero cyborgs. Francois hurriedly tells him to get on as the plane has started to fly. Ivan informs him that Joe is free to make his own choice from this moment on. But he promises that if he does decide to go with them, he will have the Zero Zero Cyborgs' support, as well as new allies in the fight against Black Ghost. After a moment of silence, Joe steps onto the plane, signifying his willingness to ally himself with Zero Zero Cyborg, and clutches baby baby's finger baby handshake yeah baby finger <laughs> as the plane launches into the sky joe tries to give back his blaster to zero zero four but zero zero four tells him to keep it and shows joe his machine gun hand zero zero three arrives with zero zero one in her arms the infant zero zero cyborg holds out a tiny hand and joe responds by giving <laughs> ivan his finger giving birth to a new friendship ivan declares that he is glad that joe has joined them and calls him zero zero nine when Joe expresses confusion, Ivan explains that he was given the designation because he was the last 00 cyborg to be made. From now on, 009 is how Joe will be referred to by his fellow cyborgs. After thinking it over, Joe declares, My name is 009. Outro. Concept art. Design plans for all the cyborgs. And, like, I assume manga drawings of them? Yeah. It's a cool way to do the outro. Yeah. The only one that's different is 00. It's Chang. Whatever one he well, is. Well, no, but we do see Chang's proper artwork later mm. on, which because I don't know because he's got the, like red hair, and he kind of he kind of looks like the baby. He kind of looks yeah. like zero zero one, but grown up. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a thing or if it was just they switched around. You know, it was probably a fluid process in terms of how they were designed. But I, I good outro, good good way no, of doing that. Very cinematic, yeah. yeah, and it flows. I mean, I know that episode was long, but the episodes get like shorter plot summaries they're all very concise yeah Yeah. so yeah just a lot of details in meeting our nine major characters and like the supporting cast in the first one uh episode 002 the escape joe shinomura my own flashback this is how i originally know the scene uh father oh no not that kind of father but i guess there's thematic irony here so joe is raised by like a religious father and then finds him murdered Yes. Within the church one time. The knife through the chest. And the firefighters show up and they're like, you killed him, didn't you? No, I didn't! And tries to run away. Uh, The episode begins with a flashback to Joe's past where he was wrongly accused of murdering his adoptive father, a Catholic priest, and setting his church on fire. Police van tips over and since all cops are bastards, uh, Joe rushes to the cliff face and leaps into the sea. His unconscious body is later found by some sketchy black ghost agents who are like, yes... This is a boy of the prime age. Yeah. He'll be a perfect fit for the cyborg technology. Mm. Yeah. Like, were they just strutting down the beach at that time, you think? 
Uh, or I, were they watching him? I because those agents look like the typical like men in black type things. Mm-hmm. So I think you know you could play it into sketchy real world conspiracies where it's like these mysterious they're kidnapping people to turn into robots. Mm-hmm. So uh, Joe recalls the moments he is being operated on and transitioning into a zero zero cyborg. Doctor Gilmore watches and Black Skull laughs. But why these nefarious purposes? And then Dan said, "This is me after the COVID vaccine." Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. We would be able to un- to not do anything at that moment. Uh, Joe wakes up it's in the what present. Bill Gates wants oh <laughs> to God. turn us into we're microchipped, <laughs> baby. Uh, Joe wakes up in the present and sees Zero Zero Seven being chummy with uh, uh, Doctor Gilmore and the rest of the cyborgs. Um, ride their stone plane to escape. Why did stolen plane? Stolen, yeah. Oh, I can't type. Uh, to escape. Never make it to London's West End. Another West End joke. Here. Another wink and a nod to theater. It's like, okay. <laughs> uh, and I, I remember 007's backstory. And he's like, I acted in Romeo and Juliet, the most I, famous uh, of Shakespeare's I, plays. Right. If we condensed you into a... a it, would chil- be, it would be me. Into a children's yeah. anime, all you could do is like, I'm feeling very Les Miserables right yeah. now. Like, that's all they'd let you do. They wouldn't let you get any deeper than that, so... (laughs) I'm dying. You would have to make surface-level, like, puns. It's so true. It's so true. And nothing that they don't have, like, they they could get sued for. The rights for, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I was once a Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) Look around. Uh, Joe is astounded to see the one person responsible for his cybernetic transformation acting so human, being Dr. Gilmore. Alarm goes off on the plane is being pursued by autopiloted Black Ace planes. Realizing Black Ghost wouldn't let them leave without a fight, Albrecht Enrique 004 goes off to destroy the drones, taking Joe with him. Maybe you'll have beginner's luck, Dan. And he does. He does. Pilot these. Uh, The two 00 cyborgs ride two miniature fighter planes, but while Albert shows piloting experience, Joe does not, and he nearly falls into the ocean after being ejected. After gaining control, Joe asks Albert why Dr. Gilmore is aiding them. Zero, zero, re- zero, zero, 004 reveals that Dr. Gilmore was deceived into helping Black Ghost, so once he got the chance, he betrayed his employer by helping the Zero Zero cyborgs escape captivity. He's trustworthy. Who are they? Uh, no time to ponder as Black Ghost has just grabbed a splash ball. <laughs> yeah, and it's th- there's another, again, this is, this is just something that, because I did like the TV tropes dive before we did this episode, there's like a thing in the, in the first couple episodes where Dr. Gilmore's eyes keep going into shadow. Mm. And in one of these episodes, the other, like the Waluigi guy is like, no, 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 you stuck around mm. because this organization gave you the resources to do like incredible wanted, things. Yeah. So it's like, I, I think for a little bit, the audience is supposed to think that Gilmore is a little sketchy. Yeah. So Which I feel yeah. that, but it's not carried across in the dub. Yeah. Um, casual midair battle conversation, 004 tells him that Black Ghost is a death merchant organization specializing in producing and selling weapons to willing customers all around the world in order to start wars, a la, uh, Gozaboro Kaiba. Yeah. Who we'll get to in a future episode. <laughs> uh, like 004 a lot because he is snarky and kind of feels chill and cool, like a typical protag. Yeah. That's what I put in my notes, Dan. And notes the Persona 4 protagonist. Oh, well, that's that's later in my notes. Dan brought up that he is the exact clone of the Persona 4 protagonist. I said, Dan, you have to play Persona 4. I do. You really do! But it can't be unseen, so... Uh, but 004 has his fighter plane, is out of ammunition, and pulls out, he, I'm going to the bullet store to get more bullets, Dan. Just kidding. 
Well, yeah, but it's yeah. like it's delivered, you know, very. Again, it's a dub thing, but it's mm-hmm. like I'm going to the ammunition store. Just kidding, that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe's plane ends up ramming into a black ace, but he has maze when it is destroyed. Albert explains that everything built by Black Ghost was designed to be a weapon, just like the Zero Zero Cyborgs. Zero Zero Nine is appalled to hear such a thing, but Zero Zero Four shrugs it off, saying that he just wanted newer and deadlier weapons to use. Uh, after the Black Aces are destroyed, the Zero Zero Cyborgs arrived at Island X, Fantasy Island, <laughs> uh, one of Black Ghost's strongholds. Under Dr. Gilmore's guidance, um, Punma? You're gonna have to do that every time, Dan. Punma steers their plane into an extremely narrow passage. Uh, I put down this is very incredible, read or die, porcaroso, things we've seen. Yeah. Uh, moment. Uh, there's a crash landing, but everyone, including the old man and the baby, are just fine. <laughs> Uh, later, the Zero Zero Cyborgs have dinner cooked by Chang Chengku 006. When 007 asks what he put in their food, Chang tells him that he used the bats and snakes living inside the cave as ingredients. Um, don't eat bats nowadays. Yeah, well, this is a, another hindsight yeah. 2020 joke, so. We made it. Uh, but it's a really 007. Ew, and I put down an indie moment. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Hmm? Well, I, yeah, I mean, it is... I it, didn't know we were talking about that tangent, Dan. Well, but there's also, like, you know, the the, the, the bat and snake thing distracts you from the question as to how uh, Six made his own barbecue sauce yeah. in this cave. A Chinese barbecue sauce. <laughs> like, how he made, like, managed all the trimmings, but, yeah. you know, it... it we don't, we don't want to think about and it. And this is the point where I brought up in our discussion, the accents, though. I guess we can kind of respect the lack of, lack of them, but they kind of are cringy in a way. Like, yeah. in a future reboot, we would give them all their... Nationalities accent. Yeah. And, and it's the same... You know, it depends. I, I... You know... This is actually a good... This is a good mini-tangent. Yeah. Because... If you want to do that, you got to make sure that you do it right. Mm-hmm. Get people who actually have those of accents. that, like, ethnicity accent, yeah. And, and then do not do it to... Because this was... Someone on YouTube recently did, like, a retrospective thing on Digimon Frontier. Mm. And if you remember in Digimon Frontier, there are the four villain goobers. Yes. Like, mirror guy, mermaid, lady, mm-hmm. yeah. and then... And they gave all of them very, very heavy, like, cartoon accents. I remember Mirror Lady had a Southern Bale accent. Yeah, and it's like, okay, when they were looking over the scripts for the show, they were probably like, these characters aren't going to be around for the entire series. But surprise, they were. Mm. So it's like, how long can you keep up? that with you know without becoming grating to the audience Mm -hmm. if you go like to the cartoon extreme of of how the character speaks Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think if if they were smart about it and they got actual people who spoke those languages then it would be yeah you know especially jet jet link who needs the brooklyn yeah and chang like i mean we all need a brooklyn accent in our life um while this goes on joe overhears a conversation between dr gilmore and mm, numa Puma? Puma. Albert and Jet Link 002. The fellow scientists seem sketch, but their union wouldn't allow evil. Uh, led them to this cave. They also gave him a plan to infiltrate Black Ghost headquarters and destroy it, and also supplied the 00 cyborgs with a ship. So these other scientists who wanted to flip-flop did a lot, Dan. Yeah. 
008 points out that escaping by ship is not practical, but Dr. Gilmore assures that their ship is no ordinary one. Meanwhile, 007 tries his hand at bottle-feeding Ivan Whiskey 001, but his methods come out too forceful. Amuse Francois Ennon 003 offers to help, but her gentle ways allow Ivan to accept her bottle, much to Britain's dismay. Um, another thing that I didn't like is that, oh, woman plus baby? Give. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the only thing so far that I'm like, oh, we have to give the woman the baby? And that's another thing that I feel like could be easily rectified in a future, yeah. like, version. Just, just pass them around. Yeah, pass them around, and when you're not passing them around, have them in, like, a little Baby Yoda floating mm-hmm. uh, bassinet bubble. thing, yeah. you know, that he's controlling with his telepathy or whatever, like, you know. Very Zatch Bell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Spoilers, sorry. Um, but mind your peas and carrots, you crazy crook. Cook. Cook. <laughs> uh, suddenly, Francois's advance hearing catches the presence of bomber planes, which proceed to bomb the island and cause a cave-in. Joe uses his accelerator accelerator powers to save Francois and Ivan from being buried. Another thing I didn't like is that Joe is constantly saving woman and baby. Yeah. Um, while uh, 002 flies Dr. Gilmore to safety. Oh, no. Uh, 009 flies Dr. Gilmore to safety. But the others end up trapped. Oh no, he does that in this moment, right? Yeah, he does it before. Yeah, like, I, th- I he, think so. He just flies. He doesn't transport. No. Um, but the others end up trapped. Geromino, Geromino Junior. Zero zero five digs his way out and frees. Pinuma. Pinuma. Yeah. Pinuma. Oh, it's gonna take forever. An Albert. An Albert. Britain saves himself by transforming into a rock. Op power. Like, if you're a rock, can you be harmed? Well, it's also a thing where. Like it's very even, Kirby, Smash Bros. power. Yeah, and even even Doctor Gilmore is like not concerned because he's like you know just re- they're they're cyborgs like they you know they can survive. They could take a beating, falling and I, you know that, that's I like I don't think any of them were in any real danger from that. Mm-hmm. But again, Joe thought that, again. I think I think it plays into what his arc is yeah. over time. But while Chang used his fire breath to tunnel through the rocks, I put down so zero 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 seven. If he's a rock, does he not feel pain? That's a question. I, again, I don't know. Again, he's OP. Car- cartoon physics. Uh, with the cave entrance blocked by the cave-in, the zero zero cyborgs are forced to find another way out. Thankfully, Dr. Gilmore's colleagues find a path for them, but unfortunately, the island facility is under heavy guard. To get in, the zero zero cyborgs split into two groups, the first group being 002-008-007-005 and 004. Yeah, we get the dude shot. <laughs> uh, this is like the dude squad. Will distract the guards, which will help the second group, 009, 003, 001, and 006, get inside the facility. My fellow scientist, didn't anybody tell you about the security? Uh, static shock? I don't know why I put that down. And 004 has gun fingers. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I, I mean, I just write this in the, the spur of the moment, Dan, but... Uh, Joe's group sneaks into the Black Ghost Harbor, where they find the ship slash plane in question... Dr. Gilmore explains that the ship is a prototype model, the Black Phantom, built with the intention to dominate the land, seas, and skies. Suddenly, Dr. Dan Ryan, oh, sorry, (laughs) Dr. Ryan, one of Dr. Gilmore's colleagues, stumbles in heavily injured. Not Dan, he even got the red hair and the sideburns right. Did he? I didn't even, I didn't even know he did. Uh, He did? He did? Yeah. Eh, Well, that's... Of course. <laughs> Before dying, Dr. Ryan reveals that everyone had been executed by their higher-ups for betraying Black Ghost and helping the Zero Zero Cyborgs. This is what you get for betrayal. 
where were they hiding these robots in the first place? I don't know, but they jump out of nowhere to surprise the team. Uh, suddenly, Joe and his friends find themselves surrounded by robots. Joe fought when his first... Wait, what? Joe fought? They're the big, like... They're another version of, like, the big security robots. Yeah. These these ones have, like, the Kabuto beetle design mm. to them. Mm. But they're... Yeah, they're not the same robots, but they're big guard robots. Yeah. So Scar, a black ghost commander... Waluigi. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Gilmore. Turn page for betraying black ghosts and accuses him of pretending to help the Zero Zero cyborgs for the sake of research. Hmm... I, I, this is the point where I was like, hmm, did Dr. Gilmore do something suspect? Is he morally yeah. gray? Yeah, and that's what I think we're left, to, we're supposed to ponder, because it's like, was he doing this good for science? Benefit, yeah. <laughs> um, Gilmore denies this. He has the robots attack the group, prompting Joe to use his accelerator to try and take out the robots. Ivan issues a telepathic warning, causing Joe to see that his friends are under attack. He tries to save Dr. Gilmore while in acceleration mode, but when Ivan tells him the humans cannot handle him, uh, putting him putting <laughs> them through accelerated speed, Joe turns off his accelerator and saves Dr. Gilmore. Don't go to hyperspeed while carrying a, a regular person. <laughs> it makes me so sick. It's like riding the Himalaya, Dan. It might, it might atomize them. Uh, I put down humans get the vapors. <laughs> Uh, the Zero Zero cyborgs try to fight the robots, but there are too many. Zero Zero One orders Zero Zero Six to melt the door with his flame breath, which Chang does, causing the room to be flooded with water. We won't drown, but the old man might. Fortunately, Joe and his group are saved by the other Zero Zero cyborgs who take them above the water of the ship. Zero Zero Eight and Zero Zero Six playfully, and Zero Zero Seven in the shape of a seal. I thought he was a hippo. Oh, he is a hippo, you're right. Which doesn't make sense, because hippos don't swim. They do swim. They kick their feet along the bottom of the river to generate momentum. They cannot swim. They're also swim. the most dangerous land mammal. They are. They're, yeah. They are. Hippos are, are fucking... They'll munch and crunch you to death. <laughs> like a head of lettuce. <laughs> Snap. If I ever see a hippo, you best believe I'm running away from you, Dan. That hippo can have you. I know. But again, but again, OP, you 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 pointed this out that like he can also survive in water. Then so yeah. You know. So what was the per? And like zero zero eight is a later model, so it's like we wouldn't think of that. Yeah. Right. I the only thing I can assume, and it's a big assumption, is that zero zero eight's the only one who could do like deep ocean like high pressure stuff. Mm. That the other ones couldn't survive mm. depths like that. Yeah. I don't know. They would get the bends. The whole. <laughs> Uh, soon a group of robotic dinosaurs, <laughs> alright Transformers movie, rises from the waters and they attack the Zero Zero cyborgs by firing missiles at them. Relax, they are just robots, they're not dinosaurs, <laughs> says Dr. Gilmore. Meanwhile, Joe is chasing after Scar, who appeals to his boss Skull for permission to blow up the Island X to kill the Zero Zero cyborgs. Joe finds them both and is shocked to find Skull in person. You caught me at my most dramatic, <laughs> I says. Uh, the other cyborgs are occupied with trying to defeat the robotic dinosaurs, but to no avail. Zero Zero Two uses his prototype accelerator to turn their missiles inward, effectively destroying them. Zero Zero Nine isn't the only speedy one, but I put down Zero Zero Two speed 
he's, isn't he, as good. Yeah, he's less speedy. He's fast, but he's not as fast. It so doesn't make sense. Again, the, the Lancer... It's there to set yeah, up the, yeah. the Lancer trope, yeah. He's, he's, he's angry. <laughs> um, Scar has activated Island X's self-destruct code, after which Skull congratulate Not congratulate, that's RuPaul's Drag Race. Congratulates <laughs> him and electrocutes his commander to death. Final job. Really tough work environment. <laughs> Yeah, and Joe Joe is, you know, understandably appalled again, because they keep killing their own men. Yeah. But he's like, uh, you know, that Scar served his purpose, they live in a disposable world, uh, and where everyone has fulfilled their purposes, they are no longer useful to him. Mm. Uh, uh, it's a disposable world, and you're a disposable cyborg girl, Dan. You, uh, do you get that reference? I do get that Madonna? reference. Madonna? I do. Oh, well, like... everyone... <laughs> Just checking. Uh, he declares that... You didn't laugh, Dan. Uh, he declares that Joe's time is up and laughs evilly as the Black Ghost leader teleports out of his throne room. And this is some original art inspiration for how Dan drew me. Yes. In the, in the early days, I was the villain of that season. <laughs> yeah. I remember fondly. I had a blimp. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Yeah. Good days. Even then, we knew where we were heading to. Uh, as Island X is being destroyed, the Zero Zero cyborgs are on their last legs as Zero Zero Two prepares to use his accelerator again. Joe arrives at the last minute by accelerating and defeats the last robots. Probably will work out, but I feel like the anime wants us to feel that Zero Zero, Su- Zero, Zero Two is being eclipsed by Zero Zero Nine. Yeah. Yeah. But in again, like, I think that... that- I think later adaptations have, like, refined what each of them... Like, Jet can't do the accelerator as fast as Nine can, but he's the only one who can fly. And I, I think, again, in late, they, they boost up his, like, flight abilities to, like, supersonic flight. So he's the only one of them who can do that. You know, so they try to give them each their own shtick in a little more focused manner. Mm. But it's certainly... But we do get a little moment like, I guess you're not the fastest. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> um, I put down, in my opinion, 004's design would fit better, and I like 004 for his personality, so maybe he should be the protagonist, Dan? Uh, Albert teases Jet about being upstaged, but he shrugs it off after boarding the ship. The 00 cyborgs use it to escape Island X. 008 drives. Mm-hmm. So he's also like the... Yeah. Uh, well, again, presumably because he has I, I, weapon yeah, combat. I, that's speciality. That's. But again, they got like they got like the Gotengo ship. It's yeah. like the airship that can do everything. Mm. So as Island X goes up in smoke and flames, the Zero Zero cyborgs watch the destruction from afar. Francois wonders if it's truly the end for their troubles. But as long as Doctor Gilmore and the Zero Zero cyborgs live, they will always remain in the shadow of Black Ghost. Simple, effective opening. Two-parter I put down for these first two episodes. Black Ghost, Evil Jonathan, Swirling Cape Pose. Yeah, and then the kazoo outro. This outro, a bop, needs to be played in the clubs. It's very high energy. Scarlett Johansson needs to be dancing to this. (laughs) Just assemble assemble like those, uh, the uh, 3D camera effects for TikTok. Like, this is what we remembered. This will be my next TikTok. It's just me (laughs) running. (laughs) Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, (laughs) It's, it's yeah again it's I, a lot but it's good and this was that was one of those things that that came like flooding back to me yeah. after a bit just mm-hmm. like the opening kind of did but yeah it, w- once it hits you it's when yeah. we get to japan that'll be us uh episode 003 the assassin of flash 
which is a, a rough name, but we'll get through it. A flashback of opening episodes, review of everyone's powers slash personalities. Fine, I get it. Uh, more waves crashing, Joe is reminiscing. 002 and 004 have differing takes on 009's pensiveness. Uh, 007 is working on a drama. Uh, 007 meets clone finger i have written down he's writing a dan novel and he also mentions arthur uh, schopenhauer you didn't know dan the german philosopher (laughs) interesting interesting (laughs) i did uh but a very me move nonetheless uh is this based on reality zero zero three comments that he has built himself a bit built himself a bit he's like hyping himself up as like because he's he says that he single-handedly saved all of his friends and got the blonde princess at the end so yeah uh zero zero two as the pragmatist comments that they in fact did not run away but they have no place to go the cyborgs decide to stay at the home of dr kozumi who is voiced by jenny (laughs) jenny's voice actor oh yeah but he is zero zero two says they did run away like he says like we didn't we didn't like win anything we just like escaped Mm. Because he wants to fight because he's mad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Koizumi is a friend and peer of Dr. Gilmore. And they're also eating his groceries, so they too must eat as cyborgs. Well, yeah, but that's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the androids in DBZ who were supposed to be cyborgs had mm-hmm. to eat and could do all that stuff. So it's... They could have babies. Because cyborgs are, are half human, half robot. They... they androids are the ones that are full just human shaped robots hmm. that's a snapple fact for the listeners at home interesting you know, so they, they are still they are still part human yeah it, yeah uh zero zero two doesn't like staying in one place slash running away rage i'm about to unleash my rage dan brooklyn rage uh zero zero one is sleeping for 15 days as gilmore and kozumi play shogi to detox and catch up um, I put down at this point, I don't know why, maybe when I was watching, I said, we could have silence, you know, dubbers, we could figure it out, but it's a kid show. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we've, we've encountered that many a time on here where they gotta fill the silence yeah. with exposition, I guess. Uh, 005 is meditating in the forest, and I will say that Geronimo Jr. has a fabulous outfit design in this moment with his little scarf and, you know... Another jacket going on. I like him. I think he needs more screen time. I'll be looking for him in 008 in the future. And 004, but he's our daddy, so. Yeah, and, uh, well, I even, I like, it's stupid, but I also like Two's outfit for, like, Mm. his stupid, like, uh, the purple leather jacket and the red pants. (laughs) You know, because he's, he's he's gotta look like, uh, Nine's outfit, but Mm. edgier, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, while 008 and 006 are fishing for dinner making some Chinese seafood over rice. Uh, 009 is in his own emo anime. I put down AMV exploring an abandoned church in Flame from a Cop. I said to Dan that this probably isn't the same abandoned church that he abandoned from, but like one that's on the island. Yes. Because we don't know. It's like a nondescript we, I, 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 to my knowledge, we do not know wh- where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 002 is pissed at the gang's inactivity with the Black Phantom. They could strike back. 003 doesn't want the responsibility of fighting. No strategy involved. 002 wants to go himself and 004 suggest a plan first. The tension is lifted when 006 comes in with dinner. Dr. Gilmore states that he never saw a Black Ghost slash Skull in person, so security will be tight. They need to plan things through. A power outage with Scare from Dr. Koizumi, who comes in, like, 
you know, in the typical horror anime fashion. Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't know you were there. The windows blow open in 003 and the storm senses danger nearby. Only one enemy. 002 rushes odd... In- off. Off to face the threat alone. Uh, 004, who I put down as the Persona hero, hero at this point. <laughs> well, that's when the revelation is. the point where we brought it up and I said, oh my god, you're right. And the others go off to bring him back in. Not another one. Dr. Gilmore is worried. More cyborgs we don't know about yet. 003 says we should work things out and is shocked. Uh, weapons and power. Oh, so they meet. Zero zero ten, and do you yes. want to describe him? Yeah, zero zero Them. ten is. Uh, they are like this, uh, you know, very skinny Barbie. Like you, Barbie, you, you Barbie compare the Barbie physique. Yeah. Um, they're you know dressed in blue. They have the obvious lightning theme going for zero zero seven's face. Yeah, for some reason, like his the mold of his face was was kind of slightly reused with like a sharper mm. nose and sharper eyebrows. For that character model, um, and he can, you know, his his eyes kind of do this, uh, like laser sight thing that lets him unleash lightning on his opponents, yeah. and he can also uh, pretty much negate all blasters and projectiles and things like that with this shield of electromagnetic energy that that pulses out from him, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he explains that uh, he has, you know. Okay, well, so he fights them, but the fight is, you know, over yeah. pretty quickly because yeah. uh, not only is he s- seemingly more than a match for most of the team, he also matches 009 super speed in, like, a rapid high-speed battle. And apparently he's developed, like, their skills. Yeah. Like, as the latest model, he's taken all their skills into advantage or whatever. Yeah, like, he, he downloaded their data beforehand and mm-hmm. developed a way to, to counteract all of the team's powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Series 03 tries to appeal to him that Black Ghost does not care about him, uh, you know, appealing to his humanity, um, but, uh, you know, but before she is hit with one of the lightning bolts, 009 dives in to save her, um, and this is the first time that we hear that if 009 uses his acceleration powers too much, it'll have a negative effect on his Mm -hmm. body, like, it'll start to eat away at him. And I put, you should have mentioned that before. Yeah, and I and I think again from the TV tropes dive that's something that over time they learn how to. It's something that they need to train their way out of. Like they can push that limit hmm. a little bit once they get more comfortable with their powers, which I, they all progressively do. Um, but uh, you know, zero zero nine and zero zero ten are fighting, uh, you know, away from the team and near the sea. And Joe has another flashback of, you know, trying to take his father's body away from the burning church. And then flashes further back to being raised as an orphan. What did the graffiti say on the wall? It was like, mommy, daddy, miss you. Sad. Yeah, it, that was literally it. So. <laughs> um, and then a further, further flashback of Joe with the same haircut as a baby oh. uh, being left on the doorstep that by baby his, hair. his dying by me. mother. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's had that look. Deliver us. Since day one. <laughs> Prince of Egypt, future watch. Uh, Only Grant. Zero, zero, 009, uh, like, survives this, this like, he lands on a, a rock in the sea, and zero, zero, 0010 is about to finish him off, but the, the like, a sudden downpour causes zero, zero, 0010 to flee, uh, allowing the team to fall back and deal with their injuries. Yeah. Um, so, uh, seemingly, we can kind of get the gist that he can't be out in rain, 
because it will cause his powers to short circuit. Yeah. Again, there was a DBZ villain that, or GT villain mm-hmm. that had the same problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and thus the lightning storm. Like, he'll only be out in there, would amplify his powers, and the rain cancels it out. Yeah. Um, but we get the line, I'm 0010, your brother from heck. Yeah. Or something. Your brother from your, your another Your brother, brother gone bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be from hell, but... <laughs> couldn't allow it could they and our final episode of the evening we've got episode 004 at the end of the battle not the best name not the worst name at dr kazumi's lab 007 updates his play with details of the assassin 0010 another recap beaten with no hope i don't like this ending goes for a walk to fix this writer's block Mm -hmm. it's a very 07 move 004 offers a bumber shoot i should say now because no proper english gentleman will be seen without it dan yeah um, uh, 005 and 008 see the rain as 0010, one major weakness. So they're like, oh, okay. So when it, it rains, we're good. We also had that upside down cast form ghost. Yeah, which is one of those because you and in like they hang those up and it's hanging upside down because I think they want rain. So yeah. that's the direction you put it to to get it to rain more. Because yeah. yeah, I because I, it was probably 005 Geronimo who hung that up because hmm. he's like you know. For now, it's More giving us safety. Yeah. So, zero uh, zero two says we know what to expect. He has a, he has to have a major weakness. Zero zero nine is unconscious, and zero zero two's prototype speed is no match. Zero zero six prepares a feast and slams the door in zero zero seven's face for some comedic effect. Let's not waste this food. My nose seems to work. Better see if I can swallow, Dan. Watch the phrasing. <laughs> Uh, 006, keeping up the morale. On the Black Phantom, Dr. Gilmore and 003 monitor a bedridden 009. Dr. Gilmore advises 003 to rest, but she feels like it's her responsibility to be at her friend's side since he just saved her. The rest of the cyborgs continue planning on ways to take down 0010. Down two cyborgs with 001 also sleeping. 009 awakes and is still very weak. All the others are safe now. You just need a rest. So Dr. Gilmore is like, what the fuck are you doing up? You're gonna hurt yourself. Go back to bed. This yeah. is suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. And it's it's also one of the few times that this is a stupid of, like, we see one of them putting on the iconic outfit. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes... I always have this mental block that they're where, in there. Yeah, that yeah. they're like they they can't like that's just they wear clothes over that outfit mm-hmm. or like it phases over something. Yeah. But it is just it is just an outfit. So well, now we know <laughs> it's not their bodies. Zero zero three apologize for trying to talk things out. Zero zero nine says it was the right move as he feels sympathy for zero zero ten. Zero zero ten seems like an older brother. Uh, Francois tells Joe about her older brother Jean. Jean. Oh, yeah uh jean always used to protect her from the bigger kids in her youth and it's a very humanizing moment joe an orphan raised by a priest with young kids who formed a gang to derive uh, survive sur- oh my god what did i type survive as children uh will you be going to see your brother in france and 003 sadly admits that uh 001 through 004 were the first generation cyborgs from the middle of the last century uh they were cryogenically frozen until technology caught up with them Francois says that if her older brother is alive, she doesn't plan on talking to him. Surprised at what old lady I am, Dan? I'm an old lady. (laughs) Surprised at how beautiful I am, despite my age, Miss Havisham. (laughs) But again, to clarify that, uh, because I don't know if I did a good enough job of it, Mm. like, that was to 
maintain the start of the cyborg program from the manga while allowing this to be set in the modern era. Yeah. I did not phrase that correctly last time, but that was a that was an anime only edition. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Doctor Gilmore compares the cyborg situation to shogi. Um, work together as friends. Zero zero two says they don't even know each other's backstories. To which I said they don't know each other's backstories yet. How long have they been? Kunulin around. Well, we we don't actually know. Yeah. Like we we don't know how long they were chilling before zero zero nine. Like presumably that was part of some mass breakout thing. So we don't know. And they can only uh, he can only depend on himself. Zero zero three chastises zero zero two's bravado. We need to work together. Zero zero four thinks that in some cases personalities clash, making teamwork impossible. Uh, the rain stops, and zero zero five states that zero zero ten is incoming. So more of like that knowledge of the natural world, and we get zero zero four kind of being the, um, like the main protagonist here when zero zero nine's out of commission. Yeah. Um, in the woods, zero zero ten is running sonic speed, <laughs> uh, towards Doctor Gilmore's lab, being stopped only by zero zero two. The others ran away, or so zero zero two says. I alone will defeat you. Zero zero nine weakly awakes and only has recovered half of his strength. Dr. Gilmore says, uh, no, as his condition, he will only be a burden for the team. Now, as his condition, he won't yeah. be a burden for the team. Um, 006 tries to strike a 0010 and vanishes into the ground. 002 slash 008 plan the skirmish in the trees to slow down 0010, who shocks 002, carrying him into the air. Also part of the plan, 004 strikes him into the sea. And 007 Dolphin slaps him now that his charge is grounded. 008, as the underwater specialist, shows his advantage in this environment and gives him a good punch. And then 005 uses his strength to try and drown 0010, but the group is shocked by a nearby bolt. Polarity, Dan. And then we get the, you know, pretty good reveal that uh, 0010 is actually made up of two entities. Mm -hmm. uh, Two twin brothers, 0010 positive, who is red, and 0010 uh, negative, or minus, who is the blue one that we've been seeing. Masi Manos. Yeah. Sipoden. Yeah. It's, again, like we, yeah. Yeah, Teen Titans coming. Yeah, yeah, we we, we got it. We got it. Coming eventually. Um... So, you know, the two uh, reveal themselves and using their, you know, polarity abilities <laughs> nearly destroy all of the, the cyborgs. Uh, pretty much trying to micro... Like, have you ever been inside a microwave? Oh my well, God. no, we haven't, yeah. but, you know. Dangerous. Um, High voltage when we touch, when we kiss. Zero, zero, I nine, like it. <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, arrives and he kind of goads both of the zero tens to, to give chase across these power lines Again, you even note it. It's oh, a very it's cinematic. Well I love done. it. Like if this was live yeah. action, I'd be there for it, Dan. No, is this would be great in such a such a situation. Um, like running across these power lines, cat and mouse popping out at each other. Um, and uh, let's see, they they kind of lead them to an enclosed PowerPoint. Yeah, because then the two zero zero tens sync up and almost destroy 009 but one teleports him out of the the blast radius um and 001 like you know calls out to him is like i can do that mm-hmm. i can only do it with unconscious people and objects yeah. though so i put down that this is a very stephen king jaunt scenario so like the thing is like if you transport a living body they'll experience eternity and then become crazy and want to like kill themselves oh 
You need to read the jaunt, Dan. Yeah, is it I Nightmares mean, and Daydreams? That's the short story collection? Nightmares and Dreamscapes? That. Yeah. yeah. It's a very scary short story, but it addresses this thing right here where it can only teleport unconscious people. Ooh, okay. Give it a read. That would make sense as yeah. to why the, the baby can only do that. Oh, it's a good short story, Dan. Um, but, uh, you know, like, as this conflict in this power plant is playing out, 009 notices that the brothers, like tend to avoid each other at the last moment because well, they... when they defeated them they're like we can't touch well yeah because they almost Aye! like that was close yeah like we shouldn't say this out loud like but... dan and i we can't touch or else <laughs> the universe explosion yeah. Yeah. um you know so that is their weed but they they are brothers but yeah. they, they cannot touch like wario and waluigi <laughs> cannot touch <laughs> for, for... For Nintendo legal reasons, <laughs> they can't touch. <laughs> so, um, so again, we you already know it, but there, there's lots of shocking puns for some reason. It's yeah. another. It's otherwise very serious. I hope you're fight. wearing your shock absorbers, Dan. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm gonna make that. it electric. But <laughs> it's electric boogie boogie boogie. <laughs> um. And 009 avoids the pair and dodges at the last second, causes the brothers to run into one another. Mm. They short each other out and blow up uh, the power plant in the process. <laughs> and they, they, well, they're both dead. They both. And it's sad. It is. It's sad. They're they, brothers. They just wanted to touch. Well, and they do embrace each other as yeah. they. And this was something I didn't even know to look out for last time. But they do like the silhouettes embrace each other as they're like the fate sets in. Mm. Um, but there's a cool group shot of all the cyborgs going, zero, zero, nine! <laughs> and, and they're safe for now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cinematic ending for our first four episodes. It is. Oh, we made it, Dan. Any final thoughts? Um, what are we strapping in for? Well, I, I think you've, you, you know, we've discussed that, in your opinion, maybe this could have been saved for a later point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and that brings up the question as to what these later cyborgs are, and what, you know, why are they higher numbered if they seem to keep getting defeated? Mm. But I'm going to go with the assumption that, and I don't, I don't remember if this ever gets acknowledged at any point, but some of them might be, like, rush jobs. Yeah. Like, they, they have these super dynamic powers or invincible exteriors, etc., but mm. they have some flaw that leaves them wide open, and they mm. also, with less of a human element, cannot do the type of strategizing that, like, the first nine can. Like, mm. the human element isn't there, they don't have, like, the will or the spark to... to they're, they're missing some vital thing to... Yeah. So even if, you know, Black Ghost is going to keep pumping out these post- 10 cyborgs they're all going to mm -hmm. you know clearly the first nine had something special about them yeah we can assume yeah I, yeah well like i said with this first four i think and judging by next week's episode mm -hmm. too um they kind of shoehorned this extra cyborg brother plot line into the beginning mm -hmm. and i mean i could see why they did that but i wish they would have spaced that out a bit more like down the line would be like, oh, you're Cyborg 0011. Yeah. Like, we thought there was only nine of us, yeah. right? And ten. That I feel like they'll never acknowledge again. Yeah. Mm. Like Raditz. 
but but it makes sense in a way i just wish it would have been a little bit more thought out and i'm looking forward to more introspective pieces yeah on these sideboards i want to know more about the the people and yeah and we will we will get them oh, i mean I know. We, we will be i know that's what i remember next week we're we're going to be starting strong with one of them for zero zero four our fave so, our um, daddy but yeah I, I i don't know i i that's something i would have to look into as to what how, like how the manga was adapted pacing wise in terms of how long it takes for these you know 10 pluses to get introduced mm. and maybe i don't know maybe there could have been more of a breather there that yeah. that the anime just couldn't afford to to give us yeah maybe to keep the action like i don't know but mm. you know because it, it, it plays out differently on the page so mm. uh, no but uh, first four very cinematographic mm-hmm Cinematic. Cinematic. Yeah. I can't. I can't speak. <laughs> speak. Don't speak. I know just what you're saying, Dan. Don't tell me because it hurts. Uh, no doubt. All these '90s music. I'm sorry. I have to. <laughs> Anyways, you fall off your dinosaur. There, we've, <laughs> we've been rambling for near on two hours. That's thirty plus more minutes than your normal mandated episode. Dan, is there anywhere that our audience can find us on social? Uh, you can follow me at King underscore Danis on Instagram, as well as our adjacent anime was not a mistake uh, podcast Instagram account and our Facebook page too, which which I think has been getting some likes recently. So just keep doing that. That wasn't you. It was not me. It wasn't me. (laughs) Well, go figure. Uh, well, you can follow me, Jonathan Wykowski. Oh, Jonathan Kwykowski, not Wykowski. You mispronounce your own. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. All that Ivan whiskey. John Don Gregkowski at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram. Drinking Read JK on the Twitter of my other film slash movie podcast. Nightcaps at the theater. Maybe coming back at you soon. We discussed this over the weekend. Me no no. <laughs> uh, I'd be happy to see it, but please check it out nonetheless. I think we give some uh, intrepid movie drunken advice on that that podcast and then of course drink out uh, drink out look at drink and read jk where i almost finish war and peace mm-hmm. i'm almost done Dan. <laughs> and by the time the audience listens to this episode i think i'll be on the next to last penultimate chapter that means three to the end mm-hmm. for you no man out there but mm-hmm. uh, i do love war and peace thinking about my season two dan's wrist is itching to draw the art just yeah. saying it's fully recovered from hades Not, nothing has damaged it since so, all yeah. right well with that dan what are we watching next week well uh continue or this week uh, yeah oh yeah uh, uh, yeah this week sunday our usual time usual bat channel uh no we post will, on sundays we then. will be we will be uh, back uh, and we are going to be covering episodes five, seven, eight, and nine, um, because we- Skipping six, I see. Well, we will do our best to cover it, because it, it you know, six does have an entertaining plot, but mm. I wanted to include five for the sake of our boy getting plot development, or getting character development, and the other three form pretty much an arc in which we return to Joe's- neighborhood back in tokyo good so uh you know it should be a pretty concise and it should make sense when we look at it on sunday but uh we do hope you will join us here as always will i get canceled then probably mm.
Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcast in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our weave horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast, or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to-be-continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara.